0: 37th Parallel on America's Haunted Highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: Well, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 254 of Pixelated Paranormal. And we have a very special episode for y'all tonight, but first, I am Sean, of course, and my mustache
0: needs trimmed. With me, as always, is Presto. What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you goblinettes and ghouls and ghoulettes and witches and witchers and coons and crocodingos and whatever the fuck else you want to be?
1: There we go. And more importantly, joining us on this episode
2: again is Big Daddy himself, Steven. That's right. That's right. Applause is necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I've graced you with my presence. I'm a, I'm a new Steam own, Steam Deck owner, so
0: Sean and I finally got off our lazy asses and tied Steve up and threw him in the back of the Cadillac so that way he could not be on the episode. We we're just like, fuck
2: it. You're you're being on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's been a good week. We've had a. Went to the Blue October show. It was a great time. The first time I ever seen oh, yeah. that band. And it was uh, quite the experience. It's really good. They're a real positive mental health band and uh, put a lot of good energy out in the world. So that was really good. And then uh, I also got to see the heartbeat and like the movement and all that stuff of my baby. So that was cool. Yeah pretty exciting little baby sean preston baby
1: what baby sean preston sean preston <laughs>
0: we're just gonna nickname him michael myers Jerome for right now until we get an oh, official no. name that's funny little michael myers he's coming along proud but not moments like,
1: not the shitty michael myers child from the rob zombie film because god <laughs> i hated that guy
2: that kid is hideous <laughs>
1: uh he's like a rapper now
2: <laughs> oh yeah no, it was yeah it's like a rapper or like death metal or some shit too i think a mixture yeah, death, of both death rap metal something like that but i always thought it was wow. funny when he got his ass beat by will smith by hancock in oh. hancock <laughs> when he got threw up in the air that shit was so good i was like hey look i know that kid from the one other thing
1: <laughs> yeah yep yeah, he had a couple uh, typecasted parts where he played like a little creep, and then he kind of disappeared into uh, the rap game, I guess, man. <laughs> the rap game. <laughs> you listen to one to 50 Cent album and you become a famous rapper. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Steve. It's good to have you back, man. Um, this episode we got a pretty fun one planned for you guys. Um, but first, I have one interesting news story to share with you. A Baltimore family who ordered a prop casket for a Halloween party found a dead woman's belongings inside, including what they suspected were her ashes. Nice. Mm. The Wozniak family said they ordered a casket from Facebook Marketplace. Well, there's where you messed up. After the discovery, the family took to TikTok to share the bizarre episode in the hopes of returning the items to the deceased woman's family. In the video, a grandmother says... The family found the ashes of Edith Cruz, a 74-year-old community pastor who had died previously in January due to COVID-19. Other items were found taped underneath the cardboard of the casket inside the included were Cruz's photograph, her death certificate, and her social security number, along with the George Washington University hospital bracelet she had. The deceased woman's granddaughter eventually came across the Wozniak's TikTok video and showed her mom, Sabrina Jones. Jones told the news the discovery reignited the pain of losing her mother, but she was grateful for the Wozniak's ability to keep the items and return them safe and sound to her family. The Cruz family said they had rented the casket through Freeman Funeral Services and that she was cremated shortly after. Apparently they didn't
2: clean this thing out, Steve. What do you think, man? So this is how this happens. So first off, there's going to be a big, big lawsuit coming out of that. That's mm-hmm. that funeral home is probably going to be shut down. This happen. This happens quite frequently. So yes, mm-hmm. caskets are quite often rented because they're ridiculously overpriced. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say you're a fucking moron if you buy one. I'm- <laughs> There is. I'll say it.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, like, if you're going to get cremated, there's no point in having a casket other than just renting it for a service, so that's completely understandable. Uh, yeah. You would be surprised.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, wow. it, death is a flex, man. <laughs> mm. it's, it's a weird thing with humans. Flex with the money from a loved one or flex with the power of a loved one, etc. So, even if someone's cremated, they still want a casket. Even if they're just going to put the cremated cremation container inside the the coffin some people just want a coffin mm-hmm. and that's it at their burial plot some people just want a burial plot yeah. just piece of land i mean it's all your options are what you want but yeah. yeah this person rented a casket and then they went through with the cremation it was probably put into a cremation container which is uh, all our all the cremains are put into temporary urns they're basically just like little black boxes Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they're sealed and tagged and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, you know, it's all contained, the per- individuals contained into the, into the cremation urn. So that was probably put into that rental casket and the funeral home was like, oh, well, hey, maybe the funeral home went under. I don't know. Um,
1: oh, could have then, been maybe.
2: Yeah. And then they sold that casket. Maybe they didn't, they didn't need it anymore, et cetera. Um, yeah. So yeah, that funeral home's going to. There's gonna be some lawsuits coming out of that. It's crazy, sad. Have
1: you seen something like that happen here
2: at all? No, not the funeral homes I come in contact with. I've heard of horror stories with that, but I've definitely seen individuals treat cremains like like dust, like nothing. Yeah, not pick them up for years. I'm sure that's for various reasons too, like either neglect,
1: laziness, or just trauma.
2: Um, it it could be, but there's some individuals out there that just. They don't care, <laughs> and it's a lot more mm-hmm. common than you would think, man. I won't get into too many details, but yes, that is true, though, yeah. too. Some people can't afford it. Some people have trauma, et cetera. There's different reasons, but there is a lot of issues with uh, in, in um, uh, just, like, lost people, homeless people, uh, just, you know, stuff like that. People that don't have money, and they... Their family doesn't want to do anything to take the next step to like apply for the, the next thing they, they need to do, stuff like that. There's all kinds of like mm. ins and outs of it, but yeah, it's 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 wild, man. Cream Creamains and the whole situation is all strange. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Uh, we have my boss, he has two uh, like um, theater caskets, they want like prop caskets. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like just for silly show, but I see rental caskets all the time and I can all, I mean, I could just, I could easily see that, see someone doing that, someone finishing up with that service. That's the last time they use that rental casket. They finished the cremains, put it in the cremain container, sealed, sealed the cremain container, put that into the rental casket, pushed to the side. Uh, maybe somebody automatically assumed that the family already got the cremains they already sent off because the other person didn't see it. Miscommunication, mm-hmm. and then family. Maybe the family was just waiting on them. Maybe they thought it took too long because you know, that's all that that could happen too. The family doesn't know what the timetable is, so they're just waiting on someone to call them, and then some miscommunication yeah. happens there. Um, so yeah, it's just a sad situation all around. No lie.
1: Hey, but you know what? Thanks to modern day technology through TikTok, they were able to uh, get the remains back to the family. For sure. For sure. Modern-day problems
0: having modern-day solutions. TikTok's still a modern-day problem.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure.
0: So, you know what I discovered about TikTok that, like, is kind of irritating? You know how, like, Netflix, for example, how if you're in Europe, you have a different selection of movies that come up on your home screen, so it's basically based off region, like, content? Mm-hmm. So... When the Chinese developed TikTok, they actually did the same thing. If you go to China and sign up for a TikTok account, it's actually all educational. So there, there's no, like, stupid dance videos or, like, you know, people making their dog talk. Um, it's all about geared toward the education of their children. So it's all about, like, science videos, science clips, short math videos. Like, let's make our uh, country smarter. And they're like, ah, oh, the fucking Westerners. Fuck those guys. Give them dance videos. It's fine. Dumb them up. It's...
2: It's all good. Isn't that also what they like control in their internet and stuff too, like yeah. on, on their platforms? Yeah. yeah,
1: I was gonna say that also has probably <laughs> a little bit to do with their actual censorship too, where like yeah. you can't have you know buxom uh, gamers and stuff like that on TikTok. Yeah. You really got to just have like you know ABCs and because if
2: three's. there's one thing we've learned here, gentlemen, is that there's a lot of people out there that want to dumb a lot of people down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's no lie it's been that way enough.
0: since the history of man <laughs> and i don't need tiktok to dumb myself down i'm already dumb enough
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure there's probably something to be said about the allegory of the cave and tiktok uh, i digress well let's shift some gears here guys and get into it first things first Let's jump out of the old paranormal Cadillac, jump into the pixelated puddle jumper, and we're gonna travel halfway across the world.
0: <laughs>
1: we're gonna travel all the way to eastern Africa, to the country of Tanzania, for some interesting stories of high strain. <clears throat> Jesus, choked on my tongue. High strangeness, and we once again have to thank our friend Isaac for taking some time out of his truly important trip to get us these stories. Now, Isaac, of course, is notoriously known for the songs he's written for the podcast, especially When Will They Finish Thieves in the Night? And of course, Isaac's also known for his exceptional photography skills. Mm-hmm. He, of course, took our photos that we used for the website and Stephen in your Pennywise costume and Preston and I in our mm-hmm. saucy dudoir photos, uh-huh. which still have yet to grace the, uh, the social medias, but maybe one day. I've
2: seen them. Yeah, and then first hand. I'm <laughs> first hand, right hand and left no, hand. No, it was very awkward though. <laughs> Just cuz there was so much hair.
1: Dude, I'm telling you what, dude, I am a little bear cub, that is for sure.
0: What a fun day. <laughs> yeah. Put it in perspective, Sean's like Chewbacca as far as like hair goes and I'm more like mm-hmm. an Ewok as far as hair goes. So that's Ewok. What Steve, that's what Stephen was dealing with. <laughs>
3: that and
1: his confused feelings (laughs) yeah and i'm like mr
2: Mr. bigglesworth from dr evil's cat
1: (laughs) right (laughs) wrinkly and hairless well isaac is also uh an incredibly selfless person who spends a lot of his time helping those in need and with that isaac was recently in tanzania on a trip where he was installing water purification systems, and on this trip alone, the work that they put in gave fresh, safe drinking water to over 6,768 students who previously did not have access to safe drinking water in rural Tanzania. Oh, like, and what the fuck do we do with our lives? Huh? Oh, yeah. That's um, incredible. Well, I have a faucet that I need to fix. It's been dripping for like a month. That's yeah. what we do. That's how we treat water here in the U.S., sadly. I played a video game today.
2: <laughs> oh. That is, he's literally changing lives. Yeah. Mm, like yeah, it's. Thousands of lives. It's really it's incredible. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: and I played Xbox for like three hours today. Um, I'm not, honestly, I get a little teary-eyed about it because it's truly outstanding what Isaac and the people that he works with are doing. And I think they installed somewhere around like seven water purification systems while they were over there. Um, but again, hats off to you, Isaac. Thank you for not only, I mean, the little things you've done for us and the show, but I mean, for what you're doing out there in the world. It's its truly just The insane. world,
2: dude. Not just your backyard. Nothing but respect for you, man. Yeah, 100%. most Definitely. Well, any Hoosel, he's been telling me
1: for a long time now that on one of these trips, one of these days, who, who he's gonna go about over again? there. That's a joke. Well, anyhoosel, he's been telling me for a while now that on one of these days when he's over there, he's going to get us some paranormal stories from some of his local friends, and this time around he did just that. So on this episode, part one of a two part series. We've weaved in a handful of the recordings that he sent us of some of the local friends telling him a few supernatural things they've experienced over there in Africa and Tanzania. So we're going to play the audio first, and fair warning on some of these recordings because, you know, due to the nature of where they were at and what they were doing they were recorded on the fly, so there's going to be a little bit of background noise in a couple of the recordings, and I think in at least one story from this episode, you'll hear the background noise of them driving down the road because he did an interview while they were driving. Listen,
2: this is this ain't Dateline, dude. We ain't got, <laughs> this is what you get, dude. This is on the this is literally on the dirt roads, man. So yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, boots on the ground.
0: <laughs> it's like but a yeah, I, live version of Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: And while I don't have much trouble with accents myself, I know that some listeners might. So respectfully, we're going to recap the stories a little bit after we play them. And then we've done some research as well into some of the local lore involving some of the stories. So we can dive in a little deeper and
2: elaborate on some of them, too. And by the way, I've, uh, I think his accent is awesome. I fucking love that fucking accent, man. It's so fucking
1: cool. Most definitely, dude. Most definitely. Well, let's kick things off without further ado.
4: Now, in Kenya, we have this uh, stream of, is it, I can I call it a river, but instead of going downward the hill, Mm -hmm. it goes up. So people believe that there is some kind of supernatural being around that area. That is manifesting for the that has been manifesting for the past few years. And there are many cases. Okay, another one is just funny. <laughs> and out of this world. So, you really sure you want to record this? Yes. But wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what is the name? Does the stream have a uh, name? I forget, but I can Google it for you and okay, I'll let you know. Name. Okay, yes, I want to hear. Ah, uh, Now, this is about two intimate people who are in a relationship. Yeah. Then the husband goes cheating on the wife. But actually it's the wife who cheated on the husband. And then the husband went to a witch doctor mm. and he did his thing. They did their own thing. He came with bones that <laughs> he said he wanted the, the to know the person who's cheat the the wife is cheating on with. And One day, during the activity of cheating, if you know what I mean, uh, the guy caught them in the action and it was hard for them to separate from each other. So the whole crowd of people came out and they were like, what's going on in this house? And it was actually uh, video, video recorded. And people are mesmerized and, like, what is going on and surprised with uh, And the, the husband told the truth that I went to a witchcraft to do some witchcraft on these uh, people just to see if it's true that their wife is cheating on me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the they thing were... is, they went to the hospital. But the only way to separate them was if the husband goes back to the witch doctor, and tells him you know what i agree and it's okay they can separate from each other now <laughs> and that's how they separated <laughs> uh, Wow! <laughs> but you'll get more of these stories in different areas of kenya not necessarily in the central part it goes with the tribes and they actually embrace it and for example when you go to the coastline most people over there believe that it's true that there are ghosts there are witchcraft activities that manifest and yeah but for people like Kikuyu's they don't really believe in it even though some do so it depends if you are saved as a Christian if you are strong and have this strong belief that you are you are protected so it won't happen to you yeah so yeah that's how it works but anyway
1: okay so this one is kind of a compound story we've got uphill streams and we've also got you know a little sexy time um problems going on so first of all preston what are your thoughts man uphill streams uh supernatural or
0: just earth's gravity Well, man, I don't know. I think it could be a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Mm -hmm. So if, um, you know, here in the United States, we call them ley lines. Over in China, they call them dragon lines. Mm -hmm. And essentially they're the the same things. It's where these magnetic anomalies cross and Mm -hmm. you have earth energies that can affect you mentally, can affect the environment. I've seen those videos. Of like a car yeah. rolling
2: up uphill or some shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. not sure what they call them, if they have a word for them over there or not. Um, so science-wise, I believe that it could be a ley line. Um, or, you know, as, as we go through these stories and we hear about all the other paranormal stuff and happenings going on over there, um, dude, that that place could just have a little fucking curse put on it, and uh, it's, it's hard to tell, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we didn't get the name of the river slash stream. Um, Isaac asked about it, but we didn't get the name of it, but that's okay. Um, there's a lot of interesting creatures over there, some creatures, some deities, and so I went ahead and found the story of one very prominent deity known as Mommy Wada which translates to mother water. And she's often described as a mermaid-like figure with a woman's upper body, oftentimes nude. And she has the hindquarters of a fish or a serpent. So kind of similar to like, you know, a gorgon or a mermaid. And in some cases, she's also known to appear fully human and again, fully naked, with a snake draped around her neck and shoulders with the head resting between her breasts. The existence and spiritual importance of Mami Wada is deeply rooted in the ancient tradition and mythology of the coastal southeastern Nigerians. She's known as a deity that controls fertility and fortune, and is said to not only be an in, um, and said to not only be able to influence wealth and fertility, but she also has the ability to hold control over the water and the currents. Mm. She could have been chilling up there. And in contrast of her positive nature, Mami Wada is also blamed for all sorts of nefarious misfortune. In Cameroon, for example, Mami Wada is described as causing strong undertows that kill many swimmers each year along the coast. And she's also got a deep association with sex and lust and is somewhat paradoxically linked to infidelity. According to Nigerian traditions, male followers may encounter the spirit as a guise of a beautiful, sexually promiscuous woman such as a sex worker. And in Nigerian popular stories, Mami Wada may seduce a favored male devotee and then show herself to him following coitus. And then she demands for his complete sexual faithfulness and secrecy then once he accepts, she may drop on him just a mountain of wealth and fortune. But if he were to reject her offer, oftentimes this ends in ruin of not only the man's family, but also finances and even his job.
2: Sounds like marriage. We're all over here we're over here being crude as shit. And this guy over here, he's like, uh, "Are you are you really sure you want me to uh, talk about this?" I know, <laughs> and we're like, I know. "Yeah, dude. Yeah, your PG
1: rating yeah. is great." <laughs> like, That's what yeah. Isaac and I were talking about at Preston's wedding. He's just like, "Yeah, they're just they're so you know you're just pr- very nice and polite yeah. over there." And polite, he's just like, yeah. "Yeah, dude, you're not gonna make these guys blush." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, even when we recorded the story, he was still kind of dancing around the topic a little bit,
0: <laughs> like. Uh, in the one clip where he's like, uh, they were doing, um, you know, what is it called? Uh, should I say uh, cheating stuff? <laughs> <was just> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so either way, I mean, it could be science and gravity or it could be, um, you know, Mommy Wada just changing the direction of the current. Who knows?
2: Either way, it was cool that he talked about that. And then you found. I mean, literally, I know talking
1: about this, a segue falling right in my lap. That's yeah, like
2: literally so, everything he was talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the that's a
1: difference. When we try to research stuff. and we actually give a little effort, we can really pull some great stuff. Yeah. So, of course, speaking of sexy time, um, we have the second story in that uh, first recording there of a couple who were cheating and they got stuck together, man. They just got their gooey bits just slapped together and couldn't separate because of the curse that the like man had the witch doctor put on them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, um, that's just fucking awesome. Number one and terrifying. Number two, um, that of course over there, like it's all about some crazy karma, some ghost karma. But yeah, just to be embarrassed like that in front of like a whole village, because you know, inevitably you had to be carried out of wherever they were at. And like, just everybody had to witness that. There's a difference. Moral of that story
0: is keep your dick in your pants. There's a difference between
2: being embarrassed and being absolutely fucking terrified yeah because when i watch color of space and when you Mm -hmm. see that mending of some things or meshing together of things i was like what it's terrifying Mm -hmm. so i don't think i'd be embarrassed at that point i'd be fucking terrified and then everybody else around would be terrified yeah but what would you do would you like would you like freak out and just push the person off of you and just rip your shit all up
1: Get your schlong just ripped off? I don't fucking know, man. Mm-hmm. I do you call your neighbor and say, like, hey, could you bring some cold water over here? This isn't Joe
2: Dirt. You can't get a spatula and get your nuts off the porch. <laughs>
1: right. Right. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like Preston said, the moral of that story is keep your dick in your pants. That's and true. also I'd like to say don't mess with a witch
2: doctor because either way, yeah, no nice shit. Golly. Man. They'd be doing some crazy shit. The shrunken head yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what's wild, too, is, like, we're over here, you know, in the U.S. where, you know, we got a show about fucking paranormal stuff and, and scary stories. And over there, like, it's just a whole different culture. It's part of the culture. Like, Yeah. Well, it also reminded me of the story of Lala Chusa that we shared several years ago, uh, which is, of course, the owl witch and the story of the cheating husband who had the uh, bell jar put underneath his bed with, like, the egg and the urine and all that kind of stuff.
2: Oh, I remember that.
1: Yeah, and it was a husband who was being unfaithful as well. So, I mean, that kind of story travels from culture to culture. You know, that was a story from Mexico, and then this would be, well, Texas, but, you know, Mexico and story. Um, and then this, of course, being African. Like, yeah, again, rule of the story keep your dick in your pants, man. Or, dear people, moral of that story keep your dick in your pants. Yes, yes. So I think we could just probably end the episode here, folks. Stay out of the forest <laughs> and keep your dick in your pants. Yep. Get consent. Well, from there on, he mentions, you know, the belief of ghosts and witches and witchcraft. And we get this freaking awesome story.
3: Do, do you know those big plates made out of grass? How do they call it? Plates made Ah uh, yes I know them. What what is that? uh what's the name in English? I, That's I, commonly used in Tanzania. People they travel with it. And I'll show you one of the clips, somebody who's caught doing it. Mm. And uh it's like a big plate but made of out of grasses, just like basket. Yeah. So somebody sits on it and pressurize and it goes up and they fly. It's just like an opera. Like uh
4: a on the Capitol yeah that flies <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah have you ever seen
3: it yeah wonder uh, some people are caught and especially when they go across the churches yeah and they found those girls who are deep prayers and they yeah. stopped them and they made them fell down and people are taking photos they <sighs> hey.
2: that's
4: There. Cool. Is. This case is of where is this road? And so
1: he goes on to talk about the basket witches, uh, which he mentions that some local people actually caught some of them flying over churches, <laughs> and they crashed into the churches, um, flying in these grass baskets, kind of like Aladdin. And so first off, these baskets are called winnowing baskets. And these are like kind of shallow grass woven baskets that are almost like sifters or filters used for separating different grains from their chaff, which is the inedible part covering the grain. After flailing the grain, farmers will put the wheat in the winnowing basket. Um, During breezy days, they'll throw open the barn doors and the farmer uses the winnowing baskets to toss the grain up in the air, thus letting the wind separate the chaff, separating the actual uh, wheat berries. And so, after doing some research, it seems as though these winnowing witches are actually very common, and it's not uncommon to actually see them flying around. So I found some stories here about such sightings. Um, Recently, villagers in a Zimbabwe village were witness to a suspected witch flying through the village in a winnowing basket in broad daylight during a witch hunting exercise. Her name was Pauline Nakomo, and she demonstrated how she could carry out nocturnal expeditions using her winnowing basket, along with her tools such as a gourd, a black cloth, animal skins, and of course, the grass-woven basket. Next, she sat in the winnowing basket with her tools in her lap and suddenly mysteriously disappeared before she was then seen reappearing a few meters away from the scene. Local witch doctors reported that during the act of flying, usually normal human eyes can't see them flying through the sky. They just simply disappear and reappear due to the juju they're using to hide their supposed nefarious acts. Another story from 2015. On the morning of January 1st, 2015, at around 5.45 a.m., Makor villagers in Gutu were woken up to the startling commotion of two naked women allegedly on board a winnowing basket who crashed into the side of a prayer shrine belonging to Naguva Yadavindi and the Apostolic Sect. They crashed into the side of the building after failing to accomplish their mission and thus were wandering through the village buck naked. The two suspected witches, Nomadere Moyo and Georgina Mazina, of Makambo were then brought before the church and the Macquarie chief for the crime of suspected witchcraft. So, like um, Isaac's friend had mentioned, they're seen oftentimes flying around churches, which is kind of weird. Like, are we, you know, what's going on there? And then two years later in Gusu again, You have another report of a suspected witch reportedly falling from a winnowing basket in Gutu, leaving villagers baffled as to how she could traverse the distance from her home, which was more than 30 kilometers away in such a short time. The suspected witch was identified as Success Zahare from Zahare Village. She reportedly fell from the winnowing basket in Nyoda Village near Rasa Mountain, and her home was all the way close to Gutu Mission Hospital. Eyewitnesses were declined to be named, but they told the news that Zahare was discovered in a maize field close to the midday by people who were weeding out in the field. One of the women decided to go relieve herself in the taller grass and was shocked to see a stark naked woman laying in the brush close to the busy path. She immediately alerted the others and discovered that Sahare was then pulled onto the road and covered by a cloth. At first, she pretended to be in some sort of daze and didn't want to respond to questions about how she had got there. But later, she opened up and revealed her identity and where she had come from. One of the women who was present felt bad seeing her naked and thus covered her with some cloth to prevent uh, to cover her nakedness. They added that Zahari told the people who had gathered around her she had traveled via the winnowing basket, where two others that journeyed with her managed to make it home safely, but she somehow managed to crash. The destination was going to be the Zion Christian Church's pastor's home in the area but she failed to see the house clearly through the mist of the early afternoon. And she said thus she saw a pool of water, and next thing she knew, she had crashed. So it sounds like um, these winnowing witches aren't that great of pilots. Well, the last story of this episode, uh, we go from witches to a really interesting story that Isaac's friend talked about, a giant.
4: It's yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what about, like... Uh, like animals that are very rare. It, in America, we call them cryptid. Uh-huh.
4: like there's no scientific proof that they actually exist. They're like monsters, like Bigfoot. Mm. Like Bigfoot, the proof
3: yeah. is there that you see. Some people can see them. Yeah, they but really act yeah. yeah,
4: but yeah. Do you guys have any? Hard to tell.
2: Do you have any of those kind of creatures?
3: Oh, yeah. In we Africa? Do. Yeah. We do. What kind? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, sometimes I usually tell people could be imagination. Yeah. It's not really imagination. Sometimes it really happens. Yeah. And um, I'm giving you an example of. Uh, like you walk outside. Like I'm giving you an example. There was a time when I was at uh, high school. Um, and it was like two-ish in the morning. I used to wake up and go to the classroom for studies because if you do at the dorm, other students won't won't like it. It's uh-huh. like you you switch the lights on and uh, yeah. they don't want it. So yeah. uh, what I did, I usually walk outside. I go. I used to be a basketballer, so I play in the evening, and I can go for prep in the evening, but by nine i'm already going back to my bed Mm -hmm. and i sleep like three four hours then i wake up again and go to the classroom so one day i was walking outside and i found a big man sitting a place where we could say water point Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. and then he was sitting the legs were up like i would say Fifteen feet up, and go down, and you know this foot down here was like three feet. And I saw it. It's not uh, something imaginary, but yeah, I a, saw it. A giant. And I was. And he was tall. I mean, from this, he was sitting on that water point. Yeah. And now he was watching at me. You, you see. And but I was told if you find something like that and it's not really meant to disturb you or do bad thing about you, Mm. just pretend as if you haven't seen, keep moving. Yeah. And, but you feel like head is not yours, it's heavy and, you know, uh, threatened somehow. But then I walked and when I got to the place where there was no lights, I was, oh, (laughs) (laughs) why did I come all this way? uh, it really took some time, but I walked to the classroom. And so,
1: in this story, I think it's also number one that Isaac was able to ask about, you know, Bigfoot, what we talk about here in the States as, you know, the actual Bigfoot. And then his friend tells a story of literally a guy with a three foot long foot. <laughs> that's so insane. So, I'm not sh- Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what it was. It sounds like it's just your standard giant, but he said the legs alone we 15 feet tall with a foot that was about three feet long. And what I really like about that story is the fact that he says, if you see one of these creatures, you're, you know, if you're not up to no good, you're told just to look the other way and pretend like you didn't see it. And then if you're not doing anything necessarily dastardly, it's going to leave you alone. You're just like, oh, didn't see nothing here and then you just take off and it's just a classic cautionary tale about basically like don't go out after dark and don't do any funny business when you're out and about right
0: and our the hebrew bible in the old testament it talks about how the queen of the south came up and brought like gifts to king solomon and then he ended up marrying her and then like there was this diamond mine and that opened up a trade route Mm-hmm. And there's been some historical debate on who the Queen of Sheba was or where she where she came from. And so for the longest time, everybody thought that um, she was Arabic, but um, the Shebanites or the Shebians, um is actually a term um, for a race of people in Africa. And um, in Ethiopia, if you study their... Um, Catholicism or their form uh, version of Catholicism Um, the Queen of Sheba is considered to be African and they found a tomb several years ago um, in Ethiopia that was that's called the tomb of Sheba and um, the sarcophagus fits a body that's uh, for somebody that's roughly eight to nine feet tall yeah Mm -hmm. Solomon Solomon liked them thick and uh, thick and tall And um, a lot of the stories of the Israelites um, in and around Egypt, which is the northern part of uh, Africa, um, Mm -hmm. there were several tribes of giants. And I mean, historically, um, there have been bodies, giant bodies found all over the place where Mm -hmm. in their culture, it's not... You know, Before modern-day archaeology, it wasn't something that was actually covered up or hidden so much. So you would have tribes that if you talk to them about, hey, like giants, they could say, oh, yeah, there's a cave over here with a giant mummified body in it. It was like yesterday's news to them. They didn't really care. Whereas now modern-day archaeology, there is that ongoing conspiracy theory where um, science and religion are battling it out. So if we admit to the fact that there are – giant skeletons that 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 leads credence to the stories in the bible and it kind of changes our our modern day perception of humanity and the and the evolution of humanity so mm-hmm. archaeologists mm-hmm. tend to cover that shit up but in their culture it's something that's very prevalent um so there, there have been uh, reports in Iraq and Afghanistan of uh, soldiers that uh, mm-hmm. were out on patrol, and they were attacked by giants coming out of the cave. So there's even modern-day reports in northern Africa of, you know, giant sightings. So, yeah, why not, man? Giants are real. Yeah,
1: yeah there was a really famous footprint that was found outside of um, Palooza, South Africa. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation. But this was found about 100 years ago by a hunter, and the locals named it the Footprint of God, uh, aka Sheba. Um, And the print measured uh, 1.2 meters long, so we're talking like three, four feet long. And then they estimated that, you know, in proportion, if the foot was 1.2 meters long, the creature that this belonged to would be about 24, 27 feet tall. Um, The footprint, oddly enough, was found in granite, which you mentioned, you know, the giants are, you know, from way, way, way long, long ago. So being that there's no chisel marks around it, whatever this thing was, probably stepped in this rock back when it was still soft or maybe even still molten. So the print could have been anywhere between 20, uh, 200 million to 3 billion years old. So if that's correct, at the upper end of the scale, this print was made back when the only life on Earth was still, like, microbial. So that's also fucking crazy. So were we visited by aliens back then? Did you have a a tribe of giants that roamed the Earth way before man or dinosaur or fish was even thought of? It's hard to say. And then going even farther into that, um, you know, there's, like you said, there's legends of giants in almost every culture, but there was a burial ground found in Kigali, Rwanda, that could be evidence of some other kind of alien life. Uh, Researchers found what they thought was an ancient settlement, but after they did some more digging... They discovered that there was like 40-some communal graves that had been home to about 200 separate bodies, all perfectly preserved, like you said, mummified. And the creatures were really tall, like over seven feet tall. But oddly enough, their heads were disproportionately large and they had no eyes or mouths or noses. And that kind of goes to this old adage about giants from Africa. Um, There's a saying, they wander without let or hindrance to places where no man has ever gone before. One could not even look them in the face because their eyes were so bright that it hurt your own eyes to look at them. It was like looking directly in the sun. So, who the hell knows what's going on with these giants? But again, um, Isaac's friend mentioned he saw something sitting by the water. Its legs were 15 feet tall, its foot was about three feet long. That checks out, man, to this footprint that was found in Rwanda. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny, though, because you made the comment too about, you know, giants being mum- mummified, giants being found in this kind of like yesterday's news. You know, the supernatural and what we call paranormal isn't anything new, you know, to them over there. And again, this was just in Tanzania, but, you know, we have Kenya and a lot of the other neighboring countries. Isaac asked his friend, he's like, yeah, so, you know, the paranormal, Bigfoots and blah, blah, and so on and so forth. And at some point he had asked his friend, you know, so like, what about like UFOs, you know? And his friend's like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we have those. And it's like they're so prominent over there that they just don't even worry about it. They're just like, yeah, those are just UFOs. Like, they're just doing their thing, and they don't even worry the way we do. They're just like, yeah, that's what they are.
0: Don't even give a fuck about it, dog. Don't worry about
2: (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like that one dude said he's like, just mind your own business and move along.
0: There have been several people that have done studies where they, they talk about, for example, like, if you think about the Japanese culture and their concept of color. So we here in the United States, if you look at our stoplights, we have, mm-hmm. you know, green for go, yellow for yield and red for stop. But over there their stoplight or their their traffic lights aren't the same shade of green as what we have because mm-hmm. in their culture mm-hmm. that what we think of as green they don't have a concept for it so they don't they don't have a word to accurately describe green to have an understanding like we do so for Mm -hmm. their traffic lights it's more like kind of a bluish aquamarine and that's the closest concept that they have for for green and there are certain tribes in africa that uh, when they're in the jungle and they're hunting because of their understanding of color, they have more words for the different shades of gray. Mm -hmm. So they, because they have the understanding of it, their brain is allowing them to see more of those colors than what you or I could. Um, Even though our eyes are seeing the color because our brain doesn't have a kind of like a, um, an, or an understanding of, of what that is because of, uh, we, our brain thinks based off word association. So because we don't mm-hmm. have a word for that or a meaning for that, um, we tend to only see in, you know, like, um, you know, dark gray, light gray, medium gray. But because in their culture they have words to help them understand the 40 different shades or whatever it is, it allows mm-hmm. them to see more in the jungle to pick things out, which makes them better hunters. So if you if you think about paranormal events in that in that sense, if you have a culture where they have you know the understanding, so they have words and meanings associated with these events, and it's an everyday normal life, then when they witness these events, they have a better understanding or able because they're able to visualize it, they can actually see it. Whereas over here, you know, you, you have like. Uh, when we were on that ghost tour at myrtles like i had this old dude that's like i don't fucking believe in ghosts this is all bullshit Mm -hmm. his his mind is shut off to that so since he doesn't believe in it then he he's never going to experience those events because his brain doesn't have a way of processing what he's seeing whereas sure. because of their culture they have such a wide vocabulary for all these different events and creatures or whatever it is mm. it's opening them up to those events and they're eyewitnessing and seeing them more so to them it is it's like an everyday occurrence wow i
1: like the idea of seeing more shades of gray than we can comprehend because you and i would fit in just fine
0: yeah we would so i don't feel <laughs> I, you know, if, like for all the japanese people out, out there don't feel bad that you don't see green the way I do, because I don't see red the way that you do, and that's, that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. On that note, <laughs> I think we'll put a plug in this episode for now. Um, we have a whole second episode with more stories from um, Tanzania that Isaac gathered for us, but for now I think we'll probably um, leave it where it is. But I'm thinking two-parter. Uh, we could even maybe have a three-parter, depending. There's a really cool cryptid encounter I might be able to pull together off of some of this as well so we'll see what happens but
0: but only if isaac makes us another song because if we don't get like a (laughs) song about like where in the hell is tanzania part two probably never gonna happen so (laughs) that's the motivation right there you want to hear it isaac we want a fucking song
3: well the thing is like
1: the second episode is already pretty much put together so there shouldn't be a need for the song that was funny too when i was re-uploading all these episodes It was astonishing, the gap between some of those episodes. (laughs) Like, a month went by. Yeah, so. Oh, well, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a Thieves in the Night Part 5. All right, well, if you're on the interwebs, please check us out on Facebook, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, on the Instagram, at PXL Paranormal. Presto, anything new
0: on the old YouTubers. Nope, still at 222 subscribers, so all you cool ghosts and goblins out there, you need to go over and (laughs) click the subscribe button. Hell yeah. And also, speaking
1: of listeners, before we jump off here, I want to give a huge heartfelt congratulations to Adam and Sierra, who just got married this weekend, and Adam messaged me and the first stop on their honeymoon was nowhere else other than the Denver airport. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, he discovered just like I did That place is fucking gigantic And sadly to try to track down The creepy ass murals He'd have to go on a huge detour Across the airport To a baggage claim They had no reason to go anywhere near And that place is big enough to get lost
0: in So. And as always if you need a beard If you want a beard Hell if you want to grow a beard That's going to attract your own mama wada Because I mean after <laughs> listening to this episode Who doesn't then uh, go over to BigDobbsBeardBomb.com uh, Big and use promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order and pick yourself up some scents like Bay Rum, Fresh, Citrus, Mint, Classic, and Sweet Tobacco. Lather that shit up in your beard and, uh, you know, you can make uh, the uh, magic happen with the uh, mother spirit there. So
1: Hell yeah, there you go. And while you're at it, stop on by CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. Say hello to our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the game. All right, that'll do it on this episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Until next time, folks, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of
0: us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Your guide to the unusual and the strange.